Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Wake Up With Jenny and Friends. I hope you had a fabulous weekend and your week is off to an amazing start. Thanks for joining me again this week. I always appreciate you tuning in and welcome to the first show of the new day. So normally we post on Mondays, but I thought, hey, let's switch it up. Let's give it a whirl. Let's try and see how Tuesdays go because who doesn't want to laugh on a Tuesday? So we're going to try this out for a few weeks. Let me know how you like the show on Tuesdays as opposed to Mondays comment the good the bad the ugly i love it all i love the feedback we're going to do a little bit of a different kind of episode today i'm going to do a way back playback going back all the way to may 2021 and a little bit of a crossover episode some of you may know that i do run my own clinic called mindful health integrative counseling and coaching and i also have a podcast over there during this little time off and this little break uh, before the new year i'm putting together some fresh episodes for that podcast over there but i've done some really great shows and some had some really great people on and done some really great interviews so i'd love to just do a little bit of a crossover give you a little bit of a taste of what's going on in there and it's a great show so today's show is going to be my episode with Justin freaking Ray. Some of you may know him from TikTok. He's a pretty big player over there. Does some really funny videos and just a really great guy and a great friend. Uh, We had a lot of fun, had a blast on this episode. We talked a little bit about mental health, but mostly we talked about the healing power of humor. So sit back, relax, throw on those earbuds or those headphones or just, you know, play it up loud holla (laughs) hope you love this episode don't forget to like comment share subscribe and i love your feedback again so leave me a comment and let me know how you enjoy this episode have an amazing tuesday hello everybody welcome back thanks for joining me for another mindful health interview today we're doing it via zoom so this is great and I have joining me today, Justin, Justin freaking Ray from TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Justin. Hello. How are you? Good, good. How are you? I cannot complain. Honestly, I'm eating and drinking a beer. <laughs> I just got home from work. I can't complain. That's great. And, and you work in the health sciences field. You work as a paramedic, correct? Correct. Yeah. And how's that going for you? Um, it's good, actually. I like it. I've been doing it for about seven years now. Yeah, and um, I can't really complain. I really do like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure every day is a different day for you. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm so excited to talk to you today because for those of you who don't know, uh, Justin is Justin freaking Ray on TikTok, and he has pretty much coined the hashtag Wheezy <laughs> with his jokes and his humor and all of the positivity that he brings to people with his videos and his laughter. And so I'm so happy to talk to him today about bringing positivity to people and how that relates to mental health. So how did you get started with the jokes and the joke telling? Um, I've always been a joke teller. Yeah. To be honest with you, I've always just been a real goofy yeah. kind of guy. And um, I guess that's the way to, that's how I, express my stress I'm not really one to stress out very much Mm -hmm. but I guess that's I guess to release my anxiety and frustrations and stuff like that but I'm not really one to you know get any of that um it just started when I was younger and then 
I have a younger brother who mm-hmm. is three years younger than me. So he and I used to always joke around all the time. And I think that's how it all started. Yeah. And then what made you do the jump to TikTok and make the videos? What what made you think, oh, I should um, make videos here? So initially, I downloaded TikTok the first time, and I thought it was the dumbest app ever. <laughs> and um, a friend of mine kept telling me, no, just you, you, you're funny. Just keep doing it. Just download it again. So I deleted it, and then I downloaded it again. I was like, I can't. I don't even know how to use this thing. So I deleted it, and then I downloaded it one more time. And I didn't know what I was doing at first. I just made videos of random things, and I wasn't getting any traction. And then all of a sudden, like, I... Told, I, I told a joke on there and immediately started getting like 70, 80,000 views. And then that's how it kind of all started. And then eventually I've had a couple of my videos hit over a million. And wow. um, I just, that's kind of how it all started really. Just a coworker. <laughs> you were coerced by a coworker to share your yeah. talents. <laughs> yep. So how does that help you um, with the humor? Because I'm sure your job is very stressful, especially right now. I'm sure you're seeing a lot um, with the pandemic and things going on. How is that having that sense of humor and that side to you? How has that helped you navigate some of the stresses of work? So in EMS or any kind of public service, whether it's you know police, fire, EMS, whatever, mm-hmm. um, that's how you get through your day. Yeah. It's just a sense of humor. Sometimes it could be, stupid things that make you laugh and other times it's just making fun of your coworkers that make you laugh i mean it's literally anything that can get you through the day i did the same thing in the military and it just that's how we just get through the day honestly Mm -hmm. um some people see it as harsh and mean but in reality they don't really understand the people that are non-medical workers don't understand um the 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 amount of stress like when i first became a paramedic i was super stressed out about like Mm-hmm. You know, what if I do something wrong? Well, we can't think like that because then we're going to be preempted to just do something wrong. It's going to kind of lead us down that path. So then we just have to rewire our brains to make ourselves think more positive and or be like, oh, worst case scenario, this happens. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of like you have a safety net of worst case scenarios yeah. rather than because I feel like people fear the unknown more than they fear the known. And if they fear the known saying, well, this is a worst case scenario then I'm not really as scared of what's going to happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's an excellent way to plan. That's usually tends to be my strategy. Um, I've, I've been in emergency services field for uh, a little while um, when I first started out in pre-med and um, did some dispatch and that stuff. So uh, I used to go out on the trucks as well too. So I'm, I'm very familiar with that world. Um, and uh, it's some days are better than others. Some days are slower mm-hmm. than others. And some days, you, you know, you can get a, I don't know if your coding system is, is the same there in the US, but here code four is like top priority. Um, and, yeah, it just depends where. Yeah. And I mean, there have been number, a number of times where we've got calls for code fours and you get there and it's like, you know, they have a hangnail. <laughs> like it's it's so drastically Mm -hmm. different from how it's presented it's the same thing here we get called like when i was working in 911 right now i do critical care transport yeah but i get a call 12 12 30 at night uh one of my one of the demos calls i responded to was a bad dream or a nightmare (laughs) yeah and well we didn't know that at the time we just our our call our dis our description was fell off the bed so we're like, okay, well, we don't know the age. We don't know the sex. We don't know anything about this person. Yeah. So we get to the scene and it's a 19 year old who had a bad dream, fell out of bed. 
but it happened to be one of those Ikea beds that are like six inches off the ground. Oh, yeah. So it was the mom who called 911 because she mm-hmm. was freaked out. But yeah, I just, uh, we, we <laughs> at the end of the day, we just have to kind of laugh it off. Uh, yeah. there, there's really, it'll, it would literally drive you crazy yeah. if you sat there and stressed about every single call that you had. Yeah. And are you finding that you're getting a lot more mental health related calls now uh, over the past year or over the past six months, say with the pandemic? I personally, I don't see a lot of, I mean, I don't treat a lot of or transport a lot of mental health patients. Mm-hmm. However, the, uh, the emergency room that we transport to, um, there has been a huge spike in mental health mm-hmm. uh, and they're all under the age of 18. Oh, so, really? Yeah. And we've had, so I work at a children's hospital. Okay. And well, um, it's a, it's a hospital that's split into two hospitals. So mm-hmm. there's an adult side and there's a pediatric side that has its own unit and everything. Mm-hmm. So ever since working there, I've seen a lot more pediatric um, mental health or Baker acts mm-hmm. rather than adults. Mm-hmm. So and I think that all has to do with staying at home, not being able to see their friends. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it has to do with um, social media bullying and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you feel like that's on the rise? Uh, this past year? Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Is there a different standard of care for, um, youth coming in with mental health than there is adults, um, when they get to the hospital, mm-hmm. when they're at that stage? Kind of a little bit, but there's not really. Yeah. So what initially happens is they get seen by the doctor, the ER mm-hmm. doctor. Mm-hmm. And clears them medically. Yep. And um, then they get transferred to a psych facility. Mm-hmm. And that's where the psychiatrist will see them. Uh, and they will determine, you know, they'll get social services involved 90% of the time. Because we've noticed that um, with the increase in spike in Baker Acts and pediatric patients also becomes an increase in spike in abuse. Mm. So they usually get those two, those two hand in hand. Mm. And um, They'll bring social services in there. Uh, they'll, they'll see the psychiatrist. And it's normally a 72-hour hold right, in a yes. psych facility. Same here. Is it the same over there? It's the same here. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's in, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I've interviewed a few people over the past few months. And, and we talk about the difference in navigating mental health and symptoms like depression and anxiety and how they're so their approach so differently with children oh, yeah. and youth as they are as a, a, adults. And, and I'm wondering if you, if you, you think that there's a greater opportunity now for youth to come forward, because uh, I feel like in the past, you know, we've been under this sort of children are seen and not heard kind of mentality. Um, and it's, we've, we've really focused on more so adults having mental health issues and stress and anxiety and depression. And we think, well, you're a kid, what do you have to be depressed about? You go to school and hang out with your friends. But what we're realizing now is it, that's just not the case. Like the kids are really struggling. Yeah. Um, so there was actually, and this is kind of related, but not really, but it, mm-hmm. it, it's all entangled in the same. So there was a study done back in the nineties or, or late eighties, early nineties, actually here in Jacksonville, um, where they housed uh, baby monkeys mm. with toddlers instead of their natural mothers. And they've learned that even though um, they didn't have their mother, there was a higher rate of the monkeys becoming sick. And how this is important to today is that 
they've realized that the they need the nurturing from the mother right and or the parents or their own kind of you know uh species and i think what's going on is now that we're being isolated especially with pediatric patients i mean we're being isolated at home doing um you know online schooling i mean i'm victim of that myself doing online schooling sure. for the past year yeah uh it, it really it really um doesn't allow them to have the, the the nurturing from their friends right rather than you know the nurturing from their parents because i mean at the end of the day we all need a vacation sometimes sure. whether it's you know going to uh, going to a friend's house to play or you know hanging out playing xbox with your friends or whatever the case may be there has to be some sort of steam release Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's not enough of that just because of the COVID restrictions. Yeah. And I think once you topple on to, to, onto that with the, you know, just the influx of social media and everyone's on their phones now, it's mm-hmm. there, there, you've taken away that choice to either be on your phone and social media or be social with your friends, because now, like you say, everyone's at home and everyone's, you know, isolated and that, and, and for kids, that nurturing does come from that socialization with their mm-hmm. friends and their peers. Um, and, and at a certain age too, it's, it's teaching them how to develop social skills. And so if they're stuck at home during those critical ages, uh, what's your thought process on how it's going to be for them to reintegrate into a social setting once they go back to school and how that's going to play out in their mental health and well-being? That kind of depends on how old, you know, the kids are, Mm -hmm. um, the younger they are, the more flexible they are. Um, yeah. and that's not just physically, but that's also building emotional quotient, yeah. but their EQ is what helps them grow and not be as awkward. And I've noticed yes. that people who are homeschooled, um, don't have as strong as an EQ as a, you know, a, a student who went to a public school or private school. Yes. So I think eventually if the younger they are, the, you know, they can adapt better, but if they're, if they've been in homeschool since middle school and high school they get shipped off to college. And mm. I think that's one of the biggest reasons why they get the most depressed is because they're so used to having a safety net or comfort at home right. that they feel like they're losing it and they start drinking and they start making bad choices because there's no safety net to say, Hey, this is this come home. You'll have everything safe. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's get a little bit more into the um, the funny side of things and the humor side of things and using humor to uh, navigate um, mental health and anxiety. And you said for you, it's your way to de-stress a little bit and uh, mm-hmm. it's something that I resonate with. Um, <laughs> if you've watched some of my videos, they're just downright ridiculous. Yep. <laughs> Um, but I understand that it is a great way to, you know, to get that stress out. And you, my friend have a very unique laugh. (laughs) Uh, Like myself, I call it the SDL, my Scooby-Doo laugh. You, you've coined it the wheeze. (laughs) wheeze It's just the wheeze. That's what it is. The wheeze, capital T. (laughs) (laughs) Is that something that you've always had? Or is that like developed over your comedic career as an adult? (laughs) Um, so I kind of wheezed a little bit when I was younger. I didn't really like, it wasn't prominent that I, yeah. that I remember, but one specific instance where I knew I, I had it was when my brother, one of my videos actually, um, it's an old video of my brother putting a TENS unit on his face. I don't know <laughs> for those who don't know what a TENS unit is, it's like kind of like a muscle relaxer with, mm-hmm. it's called electrotherapy. Mm-hmm. So he put it on his face and he put it on a pulser to see like, what what happens and it was probably the funniest thing i've ever seen in my life and that's kind of where i learned 
that I had my serious like train whistle weaves. So uh, <laughs> I was, I was, yeah, it was pretty bad. Like a dog can hear me from a mile away. <laughs> a dog can hear you from a mile away. Yeah. Are you, are you spouting out jokes all the time around the house, around family? Does it ever annoy them or does it, are they it's, always asking you for a joke or how does that play It's out? not so much, it's not so much a joke. I mean, so I'm just a very, I, my wife can attest to this, but I'm just a very weird guy. I just, I'll say like random movie quotes or like <laughs> random commercials. Like just, just actually before I got the Zoom, I was always like, yoo-hoo, big small blowout. And, and she's like, why do you say that? I was like, I don't know. It was just for a commercial. And that's just what I've been saying. So I always say dumb stuff like that, yeah, uh, which tends to lead to me like thinking of either new jokes or like hearing them on YouTube or Reddit. And then I just get in a really goofy mood. And then that's what makes me laugh even harder is that I'm in this really good mood from laughing at my stupid sayings and then seeing this show for the first time. And it's kind of like, I have to put this on TikTok because sometimes, and I don't know if people know this, but majority of my TikToks that are jokes, Mm -hmm. um, it's done in one take. (laughs) Because it's done in one take because I want an authentic laugh. I want an authentic, you know, an experience for the people to actually listen to my laugh. And it's not forced. So exactly. I try to keep it in one take. And uh, as soon as I hear it, I immediately like, I, I record myself doing it. So <laughs> I don't even have any drafts in my, in my TikTok. You don't TikTok. have any drafts? I have no drafts uh, in my TikTok. I, I got to delete drafts. I have like a couple hundred drafts for no reason. Just <laughs> six, seven takes of something. <laughs> I don't even have I don't even have a single draft in my in my TikTok, which is weird because uh-huh. I hear people have like thousands of TikToks, which is great if you yeah. want to be on a schedule. You know, you just post yeah. it with a draft, but I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything in mine is authentic. Do you have a favorite? Because I, I love the one-liners. I love the movie lines to just bust out a quick giggle. Do you have a favorite mm-hmm. movie or a couple favorite movies that you often pull from? Uh, pretty much anything Will Ferrell yeah <laughs> anything from will ferrell i i just absolutely love and he just some of the stuff the, his comedy is like the what he says is not funny but it's how he delivers it yeah it just it kills me like for example when he was in stepbrothers and he's like i'm gonna roundhouse your ass <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's like stupid lines like that that just make me laugh all the time i'm a big fan of the uh i'll be right if i'm not back in five minutes just wait longer (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's just little things like that that just make me laugh and you know sometimes i'll be you know i'll be driving with my wife and i'll just start busting out laughing and she's like what the hell are you laughing at i was like just a movie quote just leave me alone (laughs) (laughs) and i want to say congratulations too before i forget um you guys were recently married so congratulations thank you back in january uh, january 30th saw the saw the lovely pictures that you posted on instagram beautiful 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 thank you <laughs> Shout thank out you your, appreciate your it your wife in the back there <laughs> <laughs> she says hi hello <laughs> um now is your wife just as funny does she play along with the jokes and how is it is it a family thing is it uh, does it bring you closer so, together <laughs> um so i i'm just going to keep it very straightforward yeah she eye rolls at my laughs she doesn't think I'm funny, mm. but that's, but that's what makes me think I'm more funny. Cause she doesn't think I'm funny. <laughs> right. Yeah. She tries to, she tries to tell me a joke sometimes when she tries to like do something funny. I'm like, you're not funny. Mm-hmm. So I, I dish it right back at her, but 
we have a pretty good relationship with stuff like that. I always yeah. tell her that, you know, like she's not funny. She's <laughs> like, I'm very funny. I was like, no, you're not funny. <laughs> you're not funny like me funny. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I'm funny. You're just, you're all right. it's so that's so funny because i i find that like comedy really uh, enriches a relationship and um i don't know if you had a chance to view it yet but i did an interview with um zach uh he's bunch of poop on tiktok (laughs) that's his name bunch of poop bunch of poop (laughs) and he, he just makes videos of him on the toilet oh my goodness um, but that is my guilty pleasure is his toilet humor <laughs> i need to watch him bunch of poop okay go get go give him a watch and we just did an interview with him i posted it on instagram um and it was a great interview but i asked him the same question about you know like what does his wife think and how does he interact you know with his wife and the whole family plays along and it just it kind of brings them closer together and they have these really great like you know stories right to tell people so that's great yeah. that you incorporate that laughter and that those jokes and humor into your relationship that's awesome i think that's a big part of the relationship honestly i mean so um we've been together for was it three and a half years a little over three and a half years mm-hmm. uh we've been married for for three months and it's honestly like <laughs> i i just say a lot of dumb stuff honestly yeah. and that's the, and she just either she laughs at it or she's like that is the dumbest thing i've ever heard in my life yeah. but but when she gets her eye rolling like oh my god dude like shut up that's what makes me laugh i don't know why why. it's like the benchmark of like you got it (laughs) you know you know like right right if you have uh, if you've done your eye roll i've I've achieved what i wanted to do (laughs) um i wonder if you could tell us a little bit about um they say laughter is the best medicine what is your take on that and why do you think that is so um so i have a theory yeah uh, and so i tr- i work with pediatrics all day long that's mm-hmm. that's what i do so for me i feel like i'm still a child at heart so i'll like for example i transported this little pediatric patient she's probably three or four uh the same age as my niece and she had this really pink flower shirt on Mm-hmm. So I go, oh, that's so cool. I had the same shirt at home. <laughs> and she, she thought that was funny. So I, I try to incorporate a lot of jokes into when I, you know, I try to like just be a, a fool yes. in front of my patients yeah. um, because it really does make them laugh. And I think the reason is, the theory is because um, pain works in a certain part of your brain, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's saying, all right, there's something going on. So I need to divert some neurotransmitters to this part of the body yes. to let know to start inflammation process to do all this stuff fun stuff i think what happens is if you make someone laugh it works on the other side of your brain that kind of redirects neurotransmitters to your to the funny side rather than the pain and i think that actually happens quite often that's actually one of the biggest reasons um when you bring um, spiritual or comedy or something like mm-hmm. to cancer patients, mm-hmm. uh, it makes them feel a whole lot better because it releases a lot of, you know, the dopamines and serotonins that help relieve the pain, not because of the pain relieving, but it just redirects some of the neurotransmitters onto the other side of the brain. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's that, That's that my re- theory. 
Yeah, it's that redirect. And that's, uh, it's, uh, you know, mind over matter, you know, the brain is a powerful thing. It's just the brain is so plastic. And, it, you know, 100%. its ability to to redirect itself is amazing. Um, mm. And it really can come through it with a change of mind mindset, um, and laughter. And as you say, faith is a big part of that. Yeah, I wonder if, if you could tell us a little bit about being such a positive influence on TikTok. What's some of the feedback you've gotten from people um, with the videos that you've done? And um, I so I used to get a lot of feedback. Mm -hmm. I don't really get a lot of feedback anymore. But when I first started TikTok and I started making my jokes and started getting, you know, I, I was a really big hitter on TikTok when I was making my jokes. Yeah. I get a lot of random messages like, "Hey." You know, I'm going through a divorce or I'm going through um, whatever I'm going through right now. Your jokes really help out or it's your laugh that makes me laugh and it makes me forget about this kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. and I, I it really does make me appreciate um, just the fact that I can even, I can even do that. Yeah. And um, it's not something like I aim to please everybody because I've learned that once you start following um, a one course action or one course of action, you get so fixated on trying to complete that goal that you just forget everything around you. So like, for example, if my goal is to make people laugh, yeah. I'm going to be hard on myself to make people laugh, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not going to be authentic rather than me just being my natural goofy self. If you <laughs> laugh, you laugh, you don't, you don't. But yeah. what happens is ultimately it doesn't put a lot of pressure on myself to make people laugh. It just, it, it is what it is. It's organic. Mm -hmm. that's, that's my approach. Have, has there ever been a time in your life where you've felt like you were struggling a little bit or you felt sort of down or depressed and how have you been able to come through that and has laughter been a part of that for you? Um, so I'll be, I'll be honest with you. No. So yeah. I have, there's been times where I've been depressed and I've been down and stuff like that, mm -hmm. but comedy wasn't my thing. Yeah. Um, I didn't make people laugh. What I did, this is also when I was not in school. So when I wasn't in school, mm -hmm. I felt like I wasn't contributing to anything because I was still a paramedic, but I wasn't in school at the time. Sure. So I would buy myself a bunch of books um, and just read. And that's all I did for like mm -hmm. two years. It was just read everything. I'd read every day. Mm -hmm. And I'd go through a book a month, roughly, or sometimes a book every month and a half or two books every month and a half. And that's how I kind of got through my little depression phase. Mm -hmm. um, now, were these like self-help books or were they like no. any kind of anything that you could get your hands on? Because I'm, I'm a voracious reader, so I love books. Yeah, I, um, I have slowed down a lot of reading just because of school. Yeah. So like in between semesters, I try to read as much as I can, but like I want I don't want to read anymore than I have to during the right. semester. So when I have off my semesters, I'm like, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> but, yeah. um, you know, when I was not in school, I would read anything from nonfiction. Most of my stuff is nonfiction and informative reading. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not a really big fan on, on fantasy or sci-fi or anything like that. Yeah. So majority of my books, like, for example, like Physics of Wall Street and how physics correlates to Wall Street, mm -hmm. or this one is called... Um, um brain green the fabric of the cosmos like just random stuff that's very informative and nonfiction, and i just get to learn from it and that's kind of where my mind starts to think um you know how a lot of people are saying that comedy kind of relieves your stress yeah for me it's if i learn something 
because it relieves my stress mm-hmm. personally. So that's kind of, I think that's why I'm so fixated on trying to learn something new. I'm always on, you know, YouTube. Like my wife is always telling me why, why you go on YouTube. Like that's your obsession because I like learning things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's that mix between the right and the left brain too. Right. So sometimes like I tend to be more of a creative person, but sometimes when I get really overloaded and stressed, um, like I'll do some math or something else, like something totally, you know, the mm, opposite. I don't know about all that. <laughs> I'll Man, do I'm that. really stressed out. I'm just going to draw some calculus and, you know, do a, the integrated <laughs> theorem. I'm just, who are you? Oh, you don't do, you don't do integrals, integration? Weirdo. Well, you know, people are really technical, right? All the time. <laughs> no. like engineering, then they, then they're recommended to do like coloring and doodling, you know? Well, yeah, there. but not like differential equations or integration <laughs> or anything. <laughs> like, I don't take out a times table sheet. I'm like, you know what? I'm stressed out. Four times four, 15, <laughs> definitely. Like, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> hey, whatever, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> I'm not judging. I didn't say I enjoy it. I just said it gets my mind up. <laughs> listen, hey, listen, whatever, whatever helps you feel better. I'm not here to judge. <laughs> well, speaking of reading and books and the brain and all that. I'm wondering if you ever read the book by Jill Bolte Taylor, My Stroke of Insight. Have you checked that one out? I have, I have not. I'm actually currently reading Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Oh, nice. Um, and I have loved this book. I have to read it twice. Okay. I have to read through the chapters twice just because of the language is a lot different when he first wrote it back in the 50s. Mm-hmm. So it's taking me a little longer to it's understand yeah it's it's very wordy but it's mm. it's short it's concise short and concise but it's wordy if that makes any sense like the way he yeah. words things it's like well, i wouldn't say i wouldn't say it like that nowadays mm. so i have to constantly remind myself to go back and i make it a mental note that um and i do this for everything i read if yeah. i finish your page and i don't know what you wrote yeah like if i can't comprehend what you're saying i'm going to reread that page until i get it yeah it's like reading King James in Spanish. It's a little, it's a little wordy. <laughs> yeah. I don't even, I have, I have a KJV here and I just, uh, and even at home yeah. on my phone, I use ESV. So I don't even. <laughs> yeah. 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 I have I don't a, even I have bother a with that. different versions just so that, you know, whoever I'm like having a session with, if they need a little bit of, um, you know, spiritual guidance and prayer as well too, mm-hmm. I can pull from whatever they usually read. Yeah. Um, yeah, my yeah. Bible app is is pretty much on ESB. Like KJV yeah. is cool, but I'm not that cool. I have the I have the NIV, which I kind of like, and there's the Amplified. NIV is good. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wish they would. Re- I really wish they would come out with like a like a ghetto version, like a really like like okay, yo, this a dude ghetto came, version? came to this town, and he was like, yo, bro, don't do this. Yeah, there like, was actually a podcast like that. Is there really? Yeah, I was listening to it the other day. I forgot the name of it. I I wish I would have subscribed to it. Let me find it and I'll message you on on Instagram. Yeah. But it's a dude who pretty much tells the stories just as he would as he was talking to you, not like yeah. not like a fable or anything like that. Yeah. But he just he's like, yo, this dude came out of nowhere and he said, This is what's gonna happen. And that's kind of how he tells the story. And that's yeah, I, I think it's so relatable, drawn for, that. especially for the youth and for kids nowadays, just to, mm-hmm. you know, if they're, if they're interested and, you know, I'm a believer and I don't push that on anybody, but I welcome, Same. you know, 
you know, uh, questions and, you know, if people are interested, uh, I'd love to guide them towards the Lord, but um, it has to be a personal choice. And for me, it's not really mm-hmm. about religion as so much as it is my relationship with God, which I, I think yeah. is super important. And I, I always say relationship is everything. <clears throat> um, that is actually really true. Mm-hmm. So could I be better at going to church, watching church? hundred percent. I will wholeheartedly agree with that. Sometimes I work like I work today Yeah. and I worked this past weekend what's church the weekend before that am i able to watch church on my phone yes mm-hmm. but do i want to when i get home after a four-hour shift no right so i do i should get better at that but i always tell everybody that i talk to about my church mm-hmm. that it's not so much my church specifically it's not so much strengthening your relationship with jesus christ or anything like that it's more of like a therapy session yeah. like you need to hear this to to better your life Mm-hmm. You need to hear this. Uh, give me one second. Sure. You need to hear this to understand, you know, what's going on, how yeah. to fix these problems. And it's not so much of like having a relationship with God, even though it is. Um, I always like to start off with that because sometimes if you are in a bad situation, the last thing you want to do is be in a relationship with somebody else, not boyfriend, girlfriend, but mm-hmm. you know, um, you don't, you just want to be alone usually left alone kind of thing and that's kind of where i like to start off and say hey listen this is what helped me get through it like when i first started going to church matthew chapter three was like my biggest Mm -hmm. it was like the reason i started going to church was that specific sermon and um that really helped me out a lot with just a lot of life going on you know so i never saw it as building a relationship with god or anything like that it's more of therapy session that's really why i like to tell people about church and then Mm -hmm. after they've understood that this is a good therapy session Mm -hmm. then they're like okay maybe i could start doing this to strengthen my relationship to then feel good all the time Mm -hmm. you know absolutely and and there is um you know there is a lightheartedness about about church too as well and i don't know i guess it depends on everybody's church but i know my home church is very liberal and very welcoming and mm-hmm. you know the pastor always starts off with a joke and that kind of breaks the ice and you know it, it kind of puts the walls down for people who may be there for the first time who are a little mm-hmm. intimidated of the whole you know not sure what to expect right um yeah but yeah, it's just something that um, I, I hope everybody gets a chance to to become a part of and um, and judge for themselves, obviously, if it's right for them. But yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'd love to engage that part, too. Um, so you've had a lot of positive feedback from people who've messaged you. So where do you mm-hmm. see your TikTok videos going? I love the ones when you when you videotape yourself kicking the door down. <laughs> Those ones are <laughs> Every, Literally, everyone has said the same thing. <laughs> And so I just moved into a new house and before, um, my old, my old apartment, I could run into the doorway and then make Mm. an immediate 90 degree turn to the right. And there's my mirror. (laughs) Now I have to make a whole 180 degree turn because it's, it's, it's a half bathroom right by the door. Yeah. And I'm not going to run upstairs. That's just rude. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) So (laughs) yucky. So I, I have to run to my half bathroom, open the door then make a full 180 turn. And then it's just a lot of extra work that I don't really want to have to do. 
So the door kicking has slowed down tremendously. Yeah, yeah. The budget on these videos is just, you know, you don't have the time or the-, the On resource. top of that, <laughs> before my door in my apartment swung open from mm -hmm. the inside. Now it swings right. out. Right. So yeah. I can't really kick it even if I wanted to. Complicado, yeah. <laughs> it's very complicado. Complicado. 100%. <laughs> so where do you see uh, you taking the videos and the TikTok career? Where do you see that going um, mm. next, say, year or so? What 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 do you, what is your hope for spreading positivity in that scene? Honestly, it's for me. It's a hobby. Um, mm. I I'm trying. So there's something I learned from church as well. I'm trying not to put my faith into false prophets. And what I mean by that is I'm not wanting to put all my energy and all my faith into TikTok, making it go yeah. viral, you know, right. a couple million followers, because then if I don't hate that, I'm going to be severely depressed Yeah, where I'm going to be let down. I let myself down. So I'm focusing it as a hobby. Mm -hmm. um, I do it when I can. Um, yeah. If it takes off, great. If it doesn't, not the end of the world. Like I said, I'm not into this specifically to make people laugh. Yeah, it's more to express my goofiness, mm -hmm. and if people find it appealing, then they do so. You know, so I don't really know what I'm going to do with it within a year or two. I mean, it's just it's kind of up near. I'm going to make jokes. If I collaborate, great. If I don't, it's not the end of the world. I'm still going to continue with my life, make myself happy, because yeah. ultimately, I can't make myself happy and expect me to make others happy. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's a really great point. I love that you said that. And that brings me to my next question is um, when people are <clears throat> come to you and they're they're down or depressed, I know you work in pediatrics and you might not get a lot of that from the kids, but but mm -hmm. the adults around you, friends, family, um, coworkers, um, what's your best advice for them if they're feeling, you know, sort of in a in a desperate place, in a depressed place or having anxiety? What's your what's your your advice for them? It kind of depends on the situation as far as the reason why they're depressed. Um, if it's family issues, and my wife can attest to this, that everyone who I've met normally tells me their life story. And I don't know what it is about it. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't even ask for it. Like mm -hmm. I'll meet a random person and then next, you know, they're talking about their son and their best friend and how they're having a hard time mm -hmm. and the world. Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of depends. But if it's school related, I can normally talk them into it because I've had my fair share of failures with school sure. um if it's about family i could probably talk give, give them some advice but reality there's no advice that i could give that they mm -hmm. haven't heard <clears throat> so what normally makes them feel better is if they just talk it out yeah. let, let them spill everything and then i can judge from there you know whether to give them advice or whether just you know have them listen because i know that when i'm upset about something I don't want advice. I just want to vent. Like I'll come yeah. on my like I just need to vent. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't want advice. Mm -hmm. So that's why I have to use my character just to be like, okay, well, you don't seem like you want advice because you're pretty set on what you want to do. So I'm just gonna let you vent. Yeah. So it just it's a variable situation. And I love that you said that because that's sort of the 
whole reason behind uh, mindful health. And it's one of the things that I wanted to bring to the forefront when I started the clinic is to move away from that sort of office sort of scene Mm -hmm. where you're just in a very cold environment on the couch and it's a series of advice from someone you don't know. I wanted to get a more holistic feel and be a much more open space where people could just feel free to just vent and, you know, and maybe get a little, you know, tips and tricks along the way if that's what they need, but just a space to, you know, a a safe space to talk about tough stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, So I I love that, that that resonates with you. How does the mental health piece come into play in terms of coworkers and work? Um, Um, It's kind of a tough one. So I work with nurses and respiratory therapists and doctors and stuff like this, but Mm -hmm. I, I'm with one partner, Mm -hmm. well, technically two partners throughout the week, but one partner, um, I'm with her two to two to three, two of the three shifts per week. Yeah. And I'm with another guy, another shift per week and I'm with him 12 hours a day. So if I'm having a hard time, Mm -hmm. I will just vent to them and vice versa. The problem is that whenever I'm dealing with nurses that are having a hard time, I can't just be like, oh yeah, I know how you feel. I don't. Yeah. You know, so it, it's kind of different. You know, it, like, it, again, it goes back to the whole thing of just letting them vent. There's, mm-hmm. there, there's not advice that I can give them. They haven't probably have already thought of mm-hmm. or heard of or something. Mm-hmm. So I just, that's my big thing is just, I let them talk. I don't take anything personally if they're having a bad day. I'll let them know, listen, I'm not going to take it personally if they're having a bad day. Yeah. You need an event, do whatever. If you need to go for a run, walk, work out, whatever you got to do, play my, I bring my iPad to work every day. Bring yeah. my computer to work every day. If you want to play video games, watch TV, Netflix, I got you, fam. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how I deal with things. Yeah. That's not really, you know, the, it's what I have available. Um, it, it just really all depends, you know? Yeah. Are there a lot more resources nowadays in a working environment in that field for, for staff and for employees if they're struggling or, cause I, yeah, know, like 20, yeah. 20 years ago when I was doing mm-hmm. it, there wasn't, there wasn't sort of a lot. It was just kind of like, well, this is a tough job. Get over it. <laughs> so um, that it, it, it is like that, but it's not, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's a lot of resources for the, for the, uh, for the employees and stuff like that. If they're like, if we have a bad call or something that they have um, debrief, they have like a debriefing team and mm-hmm. stuff like that, that we can talk to a therapist right away. Mm-hmm. However, the, the nurses that I'm actually that I've worked for or that I work with, um, they've seen it almost all. Yeah. So yeah. for them, it's like, okay, I've seen this once. I've seen this twice. This is how I've handled it last time. So I'm just going to go ahead and do that. So there's, I don't really know how they deal with it. You know, it's more, they just kind of walk away and that's it. Yeah. But there's a lot of resource today. Yeah, that's great. Well, you really brought humor to the forefront for a lot of us. And I have a few um, jokes that I hope are wheeze worthy oh, that I would love Let's to share. See. And I don't know if you prepared any or if you have any off the top of your head, but I would love to hear a joke from you as well. If, if you <laughs> I have don't one, have any, but I'll, I'll look. If you remember one. Um, but I've got okay. three here for you. So let, let's see how these these fair on the wheeze meter. Okay. I used to be addicted to soap, but I'm clean now. <laughs> okay. Um, number two. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> 
A courtroom <laughs> artist was arrested today. The details are sketchy. Oh my god. I'm <laughs> Okay. Last one. It's my, it's my okay. last chance for a wheeze. Here we go. Um, did you hear about the song that I wrote about a uh, tortilla? It's well, it's, it's actually more of a rap. That is <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Oh my goodness, that is terrible. I love it. I absolutely love it. I don't have any on top of my head. Um, I'll have to, I have to really think about that. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to have to force my lap either. <laughs> I'll have to think about it. I don't know if I'll come prepared today for jokes. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll just finish up here. We'll do our quick little fire round, uh, session here. I'm just going to say some words and you just say whatever the first thing comes to mind. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where? Oh, um, <laughs> laughter comedy humor humorous bone teamwork makes the dream work challenges um approachable relationship dynamic mindfulness respect compassion Empathy. Faith. Love. That's awesome. And Justin, what do you know for sure? Um, that we all have an expiration date, so we have to live life to the fullest. Ooh, very nice. Very mm -hmm. nice. How do you incorporate mindfulness in living to the fullest? I just do what makes me happy instead of making what, what, what makes others happy. Well, there you That's, go. It's that simple. There we go. <laughs> it, really, it really is, honestly. <laughs> do what makes you happy and stop worrying about others. Because at the end of the day, you're going to get you're gonna yelled at. You're not going to get liked for whatever reason. Yeah. So you might as well do what makes you happy. Absolutely. Well, I know your time is valuable and you've been so kind as to um, join me today in the midst of your dinner time. And I really appreciate that. And it's been really great to talk to you. And Likewise. Um, I really, really appreciate um, you as a creator, as a person, as a friend. You were one of my first followers on TikTok and we interacted yeah. that way for a little bit. And I always love seeing your videos. They bring a lot of joy to a lot of people and what you do is important. And I really appreciate you. Uh, well, thank you very much. I really do appreciate you having me on this podcast, um, <laughs> YouTube thing. I love it. <laughs> so tell people where they can find you on your social media. Yep. So you can find me at Justin Freaking Ray on TikTok. Uh, it's Justin Freaking Ray without the G. It's all one word. Okay. You can find me on TikTok and um, an Instagram. My Instagram is linked to my TikTok. And so you can find me on both platforms there. I'm pretty active on both. Okay. I'm more active on Instagram than I am on TikTok. So okay. if you want to reach out to me, reach me on there and uh, we can go from there. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me tonight, Justin. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Have a good one. You too. Bye.